gave me today is called It's Time. Um, everybody views time in so many different ways. We look at it in so many different ways. Um, and its meaning has been translate, translated over and over throughout history in so many different ways. Um, because I am somebody who absolutely loves words and I love definitions, I'm going to go through the ones that I found relating to time. Okay. In the Oxford Dictionary, it says um, the, that time is the indefinite continued progress of existence and events in the past, present, and future regarded as a whole. The Cambridge English Dictionary says that time is a particular period of time for which something has been happening or that is needed for something. The vocabulary um, definition says the movement from past to present to future. Dictionary.com says the continuous passage of existence in which events pass from a state of potentiality in the future through the present to a state of finality in the past. Merriam-Webster says the measure that time is the measured or measurable period during which an action, process, or condition exists or continues. One uh, un, um, just it's a regular biblical definition, but not like anything that, um, you know, we would just like not a Strong's or something like that. But it says that time is the life or duration. Um, in regards to occupation, one may spend his time in idleness and another devotes all his time to useful purposes. Biblically, we'll talk about a Greek word for time called kairos or kairos is what people normally uh, pronounce it as. And it says that kairos is a due measure, a measure of time, a larger or smaller portion of time, a fixed and definite time, the time when things are brought to crisis, the decisive epoch or a period of time in a history in history or a person's life that we've waited for. It's also an opportune or seasonable time. It's the right time, a limited period of time to what time brings, the state of times, the things and events of time. And lastly, it is of certain affinity. Affinity is a liking uh, for somebody or something. Okay, it's an occasion or a set or proper time, like always opportunity, a uh, convenient or due season uh, or a due or short time. So God has been dealing with me about how time is spent in the body of Christ. And he shared how people have come to view the church and the power that the body is not utilizing as a whole. When we look at the definitions that I just shared, um, whether they are biblical or not, <laughs> we see that we are all in a period of time. What your season look like may not look like my season, but we can agree that all of our seasons are filled with time, space, and opportunity. When you look at the marketplace, the marketplace is green, and I'm not talking about money. And the harvest is ready. It's plentiful. The main scripture for this evening that I'll come from is Matthew 5, verses 14 through 16, which says, you are the light of the world, a city that is set on a hill that cannot be hid. Neither do men light a candle and put it under a, bush a bushel, but on a candlestick, and it gives light unto all that are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your father, which is in heaven. 
When preparing for this message, here are four things that stuck out in my mind to consider. Number one is, are you in tune with God's will for you in this season? Number two, are you positioned to uh, do what God's needed? No. Are you positioned to do what's needed and necessary in season and out of season? Number three is, is your heart right to do God's will? And number four is, are you stuck in the past? Are you in tune with God's will for you in this season? What does it really mean to be in tune? It's, it's kind of like when we tune into our favorite station on the radio or our favorite channel on the TV, right? And we lend our total attention to what is playing or being shown, right? It's like when you go to the movie theater, you're not really taking time to get up during the movie. You do all of your bathroom and your snacks normally prior to the movie because you don't want to get up, right? Have you lent God your complete and total attention, just like you would a, a song, your favorite song or a movie? Does he have your ear? When he speaks, are you willing to drop everything to hear from him? Or does he have to interrupt your daily broadcast to get your attention? Sometimes God will allow some things to transpire in our lives so that uh, we're, um, it's not so that we can get worried or stressed out. Um, it's not so that we can go get a drink or go shopping or space out or uh, get high. But it's so that we can redirect our focus back to him. He is reestablishing the connection on our spiritual Wi-Fi so that you can hear him better. Oftentimes we miss what he's trying to do because we have other things we would rather do. Are you in tune with God's will for you in this season? Next, number two, are you positioned to do what's needed and necessary in season and out of season? You know, I am um, super big on being transparent. That's just the way that my life goes. I believe in it. Okay. Um, today, obviously I was set up to speak, right? I'm on the schedule. Well, today I was having a super amazing day this morning, got up at 5 a.m., was doing some schoolwork, doing some stuff for the business, was having an amazing day, right? I was testifying, not test lying, and I was just having an amazing day. And then, boom, got hit, right? And I would love to say that I took that on the chin like a champ, but it was more like down goes Frazier, right? It was a bad deal, okay? So I got hit, somebody uh, did something that I really didn't agree with. And to be honest, it made me angry. And um, my first initial reaction was different from back in the day when y'all first may have met me. Um, back in the day, I probably would have just immediately cussed somebody out, maybe lay some hands suddenly, you know? But this time I like, I really just was like, man, I'm upset. So immediately the tears just started running down my face because I didn't want to react. I wanted to respond with everything that was in me. I wanted to respond well. And um, the more that I allowed this thing to register, I just became more and more angry. So I was like, you know what? Let me just talk to the person and let me see how we can rectify the situation. I went in to talk to them and I started out just like this. I'm going to say this really classy. And I would love to say that the conversation stayed classy, but it got real sassy. 
And um, I got real indignant, arrogant, and um, prideful. And I got real, real, real wordy. And I'm not going to say that all of those words were real nice and sweet because that would definitely be lying. Um, but follow me. Okay. So afterwards, after I hung up the phone, I went on back and I just sat down and I cried. And the reason that I cried was because number one, I knew good and well, I didn't give God glory and it hurt so bad because we know that it's not the person that you're actually sinning or hurting the most. It's actually number one God that we hurt when we don't do what the things that glorify God. So I went back and I just was like, man, God, I cannot speak tonight. Like, I'm just not in this place. You know, I'm just so upset in the way that I'm feeling, you know, I was all in my feelings, right? All flesh, flesh was on display. Totally dramatic princess. That was me. Right. So I went back to God and, um, I was like, you know what? I'm just about to call, uh, Michelle Woods. I'm going to call the administrator. I'm going to tell her that I can't speak. But in my head, I can hear Michelle um, saying to me, like, I could hear her voice. And not only could I hear her voice, we know that it's not the person that's speaking to us. But anytime somebody is giving you wisdom, we know that it's actually coming from God. I could hear all of her godly words like, sis, don't let that get you down. If you already repented, you know, you made that thing right. Just go ahead and speak. I know you got a word. And I was like, forget it. I don't want to talk to her. So I'm going to talk to Apostle Juan because I know he'll understand and he'll just let me off. And then I thought in my head, like, yeah, right. We know the kind of apostle that we got. He always teaches maturity and, you know, things like that. And I was like, okay, so I could hear his words being more like knuckle up buttercup, you know? So I just was like, forget it. And God told me, he said, listen, do you have a word or not? And I said, oh, yes. Because <laughs> remember, my morning started out super great. And in telling that testimony, here's what I want to say. It does not matter if we feel like it or not. Because we are ambassadors of Christ and God has called us out of darkness into his marvelous light and set us up as a city set up on a hill that cannot be hid. And we are shining as the light of the world. We have to make sure that our life and our walk is giving God glory. Because listen, here's the moral of that testimony. If I allow the enemy to hit me so hard that I don't get, I don't stay in position. Well, guess what? Every time I get in a situation like that, the enemy gonna be like, I already know what's going down with her. Once again, down goes Natalia. He already knows, ding, 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 he's got a winner. And I know that's not us, because in real life, we are more than conquerors through Christ Jesus. So indeed, I had to knuckle up buttercup and get done what needed to be done because the word isn't just for me. Yes, I received it. I ate every piece of this word times two because I said it twice, okay? Just to make sure that my heart was right when I said it to you because I don't want to give you nothing, nothing that's messy or messed up. I want to give you everything that God gave to me and then some, okay? So we know this thing and um, what stuck out was Philippians 1.27. It says, but whatever happens to me, remember always to live as Christians should so that whether I ever see you again or not, I will keep on hearing good reports that you are standing side by side with one strong purpose. 
and that's to tell the good news. Because the real life talk, real talk, if the enemy knocks us down, he's not knocking us down just because he wants us to get us down. If he knocked me down, he going to knock my kids down too. Because while I'm down, he's like, oh, good. I got her down. Let me go get her, get our kids. Because I know she a pit bull at the gate. I know in order to get to her kids, I got to come through her. So listen, it's not just for you. You stay in position so that you can help somebody else get into position. Amen. Okay. Number three, is your heart right to do God's will? In my mind, I am still daddy's princess and I have a childlike heart. Obviously we can see that, right? Yes. Okay. What God is working out of me is the part that will cut you into if you cross my family, especially my kids or me. He's working out that temper and that sharp tongue so that I can glorify him better. And he is actually doing a marvelous, marvelous job. And he's only able to do that job because I yield to him and allow him to do the necessary work that he wants to do to me, do in me. And sometimes it does feel like he's doing it to me. I feel like Job sometimes, and I know you all can relate. Though he slay me, yet will I trust in him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Philippians 1 and 6 says this, um, and it rings in my head daily. He that has begun a good work in us will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. I remember when I was, uh, before I got married, uh, one of our uh, minister friends, she preached a work, I'm under construction. And I look at myself like that every day. I am not complete. When you see me, boo-boo, please know I am not perfect by any means necessary. When Elder Ashley said that what you see is what you get, that's real talk. I'm not smiling at you if I don't like you. I haven't got there just yet. I'm learning to get there. I will treat you with the utmost respect, but I, I don't have it in me to be fake. I, I haven't mastered that part yet. And God is helping me to learn how to um, how to do that. And I can honestly say that the longer that I work with Christ, the more he works out those nasty, ratchet, messy, reckless kinks in me, that flesh on display kind of behavior. He really, really helps me the more that I yield to him. There's a few scriptures that come to mind come to mind when I think of our hearts uh, being right to do God's will. And I've um, kept these scriptures in my heart literally since I was a little girl. Um, these are all in um, um, the ESV version. I'm sorry. Proverbs 4 and 23. It says, keep your heart with all vigilance for from it flows the spring of life. What is in your heart is going to come out. Okay. Matthew 22, 37. And he said to him, you shall love the Lord God. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all of your soul and with all of your mind. Amen. And then Proverbs three and five, it says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean to your own understanding. Um, there's another scripture. This isn't what I was thinking of, but there's another scripture that says, there is a way that seems right to man and the end thereof is death. So I'd rather trust in the Lord with all of my heart and lean not to my own understanding. Cause sometimes my own understanding, just like my testimony earlier today, it can, it can appear good on the outside and at the beginning, but in the end, if my flesh get in it, it's going to be a messy mess mess. Okay. 
Philippians 4 and 7, it says, and the peace of God, which surpasses all of your understanding, it will guard your heart. It will be a safeguard to your heart, right? And your mind in Christ Jesus, your heart and your mind, that's the main battlefield. But if you allow the peace of God, which does overtake, surpass, go over, under, and through our own understanding, it cuts it all up into little bitty pieces, right? It keeps us together. Matthew 6, 21, it says, for where your treasure is, that's where your heart will be also. Where is our treasure set at? Is it in our ego? Is it in doing what we want to do? Wherever your heart's at, that's where your treasure is. I'd rather set my affections on things that are above than things that are on this world, on this earth. Because what things are on this earth, even my flesh, it's just temporary. First Peter 5 and 7 says, casting all your anxieties or cares on him because he cares for you. Jeremiah 17 and 10 says, I, the Lord, search the heart and I test the mind to give every man according to his ways, according to the fruit of your deeds. Whatever you are doing, whatever your hands are finding to do, if you are finding that through your hands are not working as unto the Lord, simply just make the adjustment. We already said, listen, cast all your cares on him. Those things that you're struggling with, those things that you're dealing with, you can put those all on the Lord's plate and say, Father, I need you to help me with this, 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 and this. Because while I got all faith, I need help with the things that I don't believe or the things that I cannot do on my own. I need your help with that because to be real honest, God already knows what you're struggling with anyway. It's not like it's a big secret. He knows all, sees all, has all power. And I'd rather talk to the one who has all power who can help me out. Because on my own, there's so many things that I can't do on my, my own. Amen? Fourth and final thing. Are you stuck in the past? Listen, when I think of the past, I don't know about anybody else, but that movie where they showed Lot's wife actually turning into a pillar of salt, it's ingrained in my head. So... Luke 17, 32 says, remember Lot's wife. That's it. That's the scripture, right? So if we think about Lot's wife, God delivered them out of Sodom and Gomorrah. And he said, and I quote, he told them, they told him, they listen, don't look back. What does Lot's wife do? She takes a little gander to the, to her, uh, to the backside, right? And bam, she's a pillar of salt. So in my head, that's what the past represents. It represents death and dying to me. And not I'm not talking about no um, death to the cross, you know, and taking up your cross and walk. I'm, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about a death where there is a breach between me and God, where I'm looking away from where God is telling me, because we're supposed to be looking to the hills. The hills are up and forward, right? They not back there. He never said, look back. He said, look up to the hills from which come your fell. And we're pressing forward, pressing toward the mark, right? We're going forward. So that, that's not me looking back. Some of us live life looking back as if there is something back there that is catapulting you into the future. That's a lie. It's only a mirage. Don't believe it, okay? Don't go into the light. That's a false light, okay? What is back there that you want so bad? What's back there? Was it your hurts, the pain, the shame? What's back there? 
What does it represent for you? 1 Corinthians 2, 9, also in the ESV version says this, but as it is written, what? No eye has seen, nor ear heard, nor the heart of man imagined what God has prepared for those who love him. Do you love the Lord? If your answer is yes, know that he already loved you first. Not only did he love you first, but he also has set you up. Our daddy has set us up. He has prepared a table before us for, I mean, prepared a table for us in the presence of our enemies. He has already in his mind, he has thoughts of good and not of evil towards us to give us an expected end. Our dad has set us up with nothing but goodies. He got goodies on the table for us. There is so much more ahead of us than what we're seeing right now. We know that to just live by faith, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, we walk by faith and not by what we see. What we see sometimes can be real, real discouraging. And um, it sucks being in the past. It sucks being stuck in the past. I spent over 20 year, 25 years of my life living in the past and I'm 40 years old. That's much too long. Okay. I missed so many opportunities because I hung on to the words that people said to me way back when, or I didn't understand my value. What is it that has you stuck? If the enemy is taking this much time to keep your face set on looking back, there must be something that is so great for you in the future. Go get it. It's yours. It literally belongs to you. It's, that's real. That's the truth. It belongs to you. I'll leave you with the rest of that scripture from Luke 17. It's verses 33 through 37. This is from the Living Bible, not the ESV. It says, whoever clings to his life shall lose it. And whoever loses his life shall save it. That night, two men will be asleep in the same room and one will be taken away, the other left. Two women will be working together at household tasks. One will be taken, the other left. And so it will be with men working side by side in the fields. Lord, where will they be taken? Disciples asked. And Jesus replied, where the body is, the vultures gather. We don't want to die that kind of death. Having known that we were stuck on this life not eternal life, that we were stuck back there looking back. We don't want to be stuck nowhere that ends in torment. We don't want to be stuck in nothing that don't look like what our father promised us. I want my crown. I want my robe. I don't want to be sitting here praying all these prayers and watching God do all this stuff and seeing miracles, signs, and wonders happen. He's been showing us so many signs and wonders. And I'm excited about it. He continues to show me that he is still God and he is still on the throne. I don't want to live no life having believed his word and stand before him and he say, I don't even know who you are. Aren't you the one that was still clinging to this earthly life that is now gone? We don't want that. Listen, in doing God's will, we will see so many souls won. We will accomplish the mission of the kingdom. 
which is to seek and save that which is lost. I don't want to spend not two seconds in hell. I don't want to be there. And I don't want to see my brothers and sisters there either. I know that life can get shaky. I know that life can turn us for seven loops and turn us upside down sideways. I know it can make us feel like we want to push some people off the cliff or jump off our own self. But I'm telling you, there is an expected end. And nobody expects to die in the end of the movie. That is not the truth. We ain't in no scary movie. We in the kingdom. And in the kingdom, it says that we win this thing. It says that our daddy is yet still on the throne and he wins it all for us. With that mindset, I'm telling you, conquer it. Whatever it is that has been standing in between you and a serious walk with God, conquer it. Because God is about to unfold some stuff for us. Huh? Listen, I have not seen nor either heard, neither has it been revealed. We ain't even seen it yet. Your dreams that you didn't have, are you walking on cloud 9, 10, 12, and 11? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You ain't even seen the half of it yet. When daddy created us, he created us with big things in mind, not little bitty stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is time. It is time for us to get out, out of ourselves and back into the kingdom mindset. If you are like me and you got stuck or um, your heart wasn't in the right place, or maybe you might have slipped out of position, I'll just ask you to put your hand up on here. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> Nobody has to put their hands up because guess what? That's all of us. It's every single last one of us. We are all struggling to put our heart in the right place every single day. I listen to people who talk about the altar call and here's something I'll say. The altar call is never to put anybody on the spot. It is always to remind us of a few things. Number one, that God cares about us. We need God's forgiveness and we need his assistance and that we have a family in the body of Christ who will pray with us in agreement that we are more than conquerors through Christ Jesus. And I don't know about uh, anybody else, but I know when I pray for people on that altar, I don't just leave it there. I bring it back home and I put it on my altar with me. And I stand in agreement with you that you won't struggle with that thing anymore. Cause I feel you, I feel your hearts. Just like God can feel my heart. Cause I took this word in. When you speak a word, you got to take it first. You got to eat that piece and I'll eat it tomorrow morning too. And the next day and the next day and the next day. Amen. Let's all pray together. Father, in the name of Jesus, God, not only did we hear your word, but God, we receive your word. God, we know that it is your word that changes us, God. It moves us into the position that we need to, God. And it repairs every breach, God. Every line that's been disconnected between us and you, God. It repairs it for us, oh God. Father, we come to you, Lord God, with a heart of repentance. God, in the ways, oh God, that we weren't in position the ways that we weren't ready in season when you put things and people before us, God, that needed us. They needed to hear the word that we had. They needed the smile that we were able to give and we didn't give it. They needed our ear and we didn't lend it, God. God, whatever it was, God, we ask you to forgive us, God, and move us back into position. God, move our hearts, God, and God, the places that were stuck in the past. God, the words that were spoken, the things that hurt us, God, God, the things that we just can't seem to get over, the stumbling blocks. 
Father, we ask God that you would help us. God, push us into position, God. God, light fire, Lord Jesus. God, underneath our bosom, Lord God, Jesus. God, underneath our hind parts, Lord God. Father, we ask, Lord God, that you would push us into position today, God. Father, go into our subconscious, unconscious, and conscious mind and deal with that that has been trying to deal with us. God, those things that we put on the back burner that you asked us to deal with quickly that we did not deal with. Help us. God, that those things don't snuff us out in certain areas. Father, I thank you, Lord God, God, that whether we are leaders, whether we are members, whether we are new members, whether it is our family or our friends, God, we call us back into position today, God. Let the love of God that dwells richly in our hearts, oh God, God, let it move, Lord Jesus, God, on us, oh God, God, to the point that we move, oh God, to help somebody other than ourselves. God, that we not be selfish, but that we be selfless, God. God, that we not allow the enemy and his hidden agendas to consume us or our lives. That we tune into your channel, God. That you can do the work that you started in us. Because you are faithful, Father. Father, we thank you that you are moving to help us, to heal us, and to deliver us. God, we don't have to be on the altar to get deliverance. Some of us will get delivered tonight if we yield to you. Help us to yield to you, God. God, whether it's the drink that we like to drink, whether it's the weed that we like to smoke, the high that we indulge in, the shopping, Lord God, that we're addicted to, Lord God. God, the stress that we just so love, God, the drama that we're entangled in, whatever it is, God. Father, I thank you that you will heal us and deliver us, that we can do the work of the kingdom, God. So that people can see that our God yet still reigns and that there are real believers, oh God that are still on their post. Yes, 